on this episode of Quantum Week, June 21 through 27, 1987. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and talk about movies, music, headline stories. And we are in uh, the the end of June 1987 talking about Spaceballs and I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. That's right. So this is our very first uh, Patreon patron generated week. Right. Yes. And it was uh, Justin Jones. You can find him at Twitter. He's at chill set music. Yep. It's like all one word. That's, that's how handles work in Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Matt's so tech. Look at him. <laughs> oh. He's already he's already for Circuit City. Boop, beep, boop, beep, it's so exciting. He knows so much about tech. It's so valuable. At, uh, at Chill Set, set Music. music. Uh, you can find Justin. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think he picked a pretty good week. He did. Yeah, so we're doing all three. Uh, yeah, he, he picked all the three movies, right? Yeah, he picked yeah. all three movies. And all he three put songs. All, the, all the songs, too. Yeah, he wanted... I mean, Spaceballs was his initial... Like He's like, I really want you guys to do Spaceballs. Yes. So we went... The, we then went through all the weeks that Spaceballs was basically in the top top 10 and i'm like hey which one you want to do he's like uh well i really think predator would be awesome and then he's like dragon would be a fun yeah a fun third and then he um and then matt did the songs that number one we had to do because of the rules of the show right but then uh justin then picked the other two songs based on like the top 100 yeah um and uh and here we are but spaceballs was the one that he he wanted to talk about the most before we do that though we want to talk about our friends over at two tourists they're back they're back so two tourists back this month uh Two Tours, uh, of course, does, it's a veteran owned and operated, uh, it's CBD products. Yep. Um, we're talking about things like, uh, the drops that we talked about earlier on the show. Uh, these things help me a lot with, uh, insomnia. You're high strung. You need some, you need a downer sometimes. Sure. Well, I don't have all this technology to keep me, uh, <laughs> low strung. So, uh, no, I just, no, I don't say high strung when Matt is, uh, saying things. Uh, no, it's words? not that. Yes, it's, I'm saying words. Saying things that are inaccurate. Uh, no, it's, it's more just like, <laughs> hey, I'm sure even low strung people have this issue yes uh where sometimes it's just it's hard to go to sleep um and uh i know like you get that like 145 250 and you're like fuck you know what am i gonna do it's starting to get awfully close to daybreak yeah i'm not gonna have a lot of sleep it's gonna ruin my next day it's happened to me uh countless times in my life uh but what i've been doing is i take that those droplets and this has happened to me i'd say half a dozen times now and i am asleep in like a half hour yeah like i take the droplet you start to get that like warm feeling in your chest, yep. and then fifteen minutes later, I'm in bed, and then like five minutes later, I'm asleep. You're out. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and you've you've uh, tried I've to solve. Yep. Sal for uh, wrist pain. Um, you know, I've, uh, you always make fun of me for breaking my fucking wrist. Right. But people yes. do that when they are active. I was active. Fell off my bike. I'm broke active my wrist. as well. I'm just as active as you are. You I don't s- think so. Why do you say that? Well, um, why I mean, do you, no, why do you say that? Because every day I'm out, I usually I take between a forty-five minute and an hour and a half walk every single day. Okay. Okay, I walk dogs every day for about 45 minutes how, every day. Is it really? How, I walk how long? dogs four times a day. I'm You're outside so all summer playing with them in the yard. You're so active. You should get it's some not that. I just don't need to brag about being active. It's a weird It's a weird thing people who didn't play sports in school who played the clarinet. Oh, I that played sports in school. Wait, 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 no. needed a double Played back. soccer, hockey, baseball, ran track, played tennis oh, all my life. Yes. You, were, you were the varsity athlete. No, no, no. Central. Now you're just you changing the argument. Sports? You are changing. Of course I did. In, no, in, for the school? Soccer. Yes. Soccer. I did. Okay. Yeah. All the other sports were just, that was a. Just club. 
You're like trying to find an angle here. No, I was at, I'm angle. athletic. I just find it so good. You always need to say how like how you're active and, and implying what? I'm not. That's not what it's I'm a implying. Very strange thing. No, no, no. You're getting defensive for I no reason at all. I play you in basketball anytime you want one on one. I play you in tennis. You're getting defensive for some reason that I don't understand. No, because I didn't. I'm not directing that at you. I'm saying I'm active. I go out there. That's why I broke my foot. I was. Yeah, I think I'm more active than you are but now, no, definitely. But, no, but I said, we'll play you anytime you want. And it's not about playing. It's also it's not just about team sports anytime. or one-on-one sports. It's also being tennis active, like being outside, doing, you know, like uh, riding bikes, all that type of stuff, too. It's not just playing sports one-on-one. Because on one. you ride a bike, you're more active. So guess what, guys? If you're, out, if you're out there, you don't ride a bike, you're not eight years old, you don't paper out, you are not active. That's not what I'm saying. That's what you just said. No, I'm saying, like, I get more physical activity than you do. I think I do. Yeah. Based on what? Because every day I'm out and I'm being active. You have no idea about. This is a constant trope. You you, you have no bearing. Based on what? Based on what? You just got defensive for no reason at all. I have no idea. About me no idea. Well, no yes, idea but you also elevated way past the point that it needed to be. I don't understand it. All it. The time. I don't say it all the time. You always, you oh, always three times that. is all the time. I don't always imply that. Don't you read into it, shit. But you believe it. Don't read into shit. But Ask you, me directly, and I'll I tell did. you. You just said you were more active. Oh than me. my god. Oh Jesus Christ. So anyway, I use the salve on my poor broken wrist. You give me shit all the time for being broke down and old. So I'm just saying I'm more active than you. I'm not as broke down. If you're more active, you wouldn't have broken your wrist. No, I'm pretty active. I ride my bike. See, I don't get as defensive as you as as you do in this situ- situation. You tell me I'm old and broke down, but you don't see me yelling at you about because it over you and over. You are old and broke down. You broke you you have a broken wrist and you hurt your leg. I'm I'm using facts. I hurt my leg. What, what which leg did I? What are you talking about? Uh, what do you have? MCL, ACL? What did you do? Yeah, doing? playing basketball. I yes, I tore my ACL. That's pretty I, normal. It's it, a normal it, it, thing. A lot of people it's have. Not, I'm just saying it's funny. This guy who has the ACL issues, broken wrist, is like, well, I'm more active than you. It's like, oh, all right. So that came after you give me shit about uh, you give me shit about me being old and broken down way before I said that I was more active than you. That was my response to you saying that I'm old and broken down. If I'm old and broken down, I'm saying, well, then I mean, I do more things than you do. So Based shit happens. What? <sighs> Fuck it, I'm dude. waiting. Fuck it, dude. OK, it doesn't right. even matter. All right. So go to two, two tours. Tours. Com. <laughs> Wait, uh, code no, code yeah, word so, QW. OK, you're all serious. Uh, it's 10% off. Uh, if you use the promo code, plus you get free shipping, the promo code is QW. So if you want solve, if you're an active guy like Matt, if you're more lethargic guy like me, you want to use the drops, uh, you can get both those products there. And best thing is they're going to have uh, a big announcement uh, this week. Hopefully we can have that for a Saturday show. Maybe next week. We'll have yeah, that. you're Saturday next week. Yeah. They have a really cool product that I'm super excited about uh, that they will have uh, as well uh, coming this month. But um, for all their products, there's always 10% off, free shipping, promo code QW. You can go to twotours.com. That's spelled out T-W-O, twotours.com. There we go. Good. Spaceballs? Spaceballs. C+. plus. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not bad. Um, I, I was expecting, to, I was actually expecting that it might be worse. I like it less than you. Um, yeah. Not significant, not significantly less i thought you were going to come in yeah no no you know what nah. it is it's like it, the thing that i really like about it is the delivery i mean candy and moranis i i, I <laughs> the love that movie yeah, yeah and and i love like uh rick moranis is you know he's one character with the helmet on one character yeah, with it off right. and i just think he does it so well and he just make he makes me laugh and candy makes me laugh so if they make me laugh like even though the dialogue it's sometimes it's juvenile whatever the directing's not awesome it's a weird movie there's no music there's a lot of weird stuff but those two make me laugh yeah there is music when it it's is like bad. rare I, it's well, they're trying to do the john williams thing without doing it yeah like they like the theme is more superman than star wars but they're yes. trying to go for that feel yeah. like he's trying you can it's really hard to do a comedy when you're always pulling punches so they're pulling punches in two different ways here one is 
you know, he's working, he's working with the Lucas guys on this. Uh, yeah, I saw that. It's and, like he felt like he needed to appease them. I think he, and he kind of had to because Lucas is so, like, is famously like, I will sue, I will sue. He's like Disney, Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So he kind of had to. And the other thing is they, I guess we're going for a PG rating, which is what they got. And... Right, so it's watered down. Right. And, you know, this is the guy that did The Producers, which is one <laughs> of the, you know, funniest, I think, one of the funniest movies of the 60s. And then he follows it up with, in the same year, mind you, Blazing Saddles the, and Young Frankenstein. That was the same year? Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, the same year. Holy 74. shit. So, you know, so you have, like, the funniest, wildest movie of the mm. 70s, maybe. Like, yeah. I think it's, we'll talk about Animal House next week. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, this movie, I, I think, I'm sorry, I think Blazing Saddles is wilder than Animal House. This movie yeah. isn't, like, I know it's not trying to be wild, but this movie has, like, none of that, like, juice. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, right, there's, it, it get and it just, it gets boring because of it. Because it's just, you know, it, they're not, it's not pushing any limits. It's not that creative. It's just, it's sort of juvenile stuff. But, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I liked it as a kid. I think it's fine for as a kid movie. Like me, you know, me growing up watching it on HBO. Yeah. I have fond memories of it. It's kind of that. That's who it's for. And I'll talk about my personal story. Actually, on Saturday, how Spaceballs kind of relates to that. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of a, a similar uh, thing to you there. You're right. This is really for kids. Yeah. Like, and Star Wars is for kids. So maybe a spoof for Star Wars should be for kids. Like, if you do the math, it kind of makes sense. Roger Ebert's review was, I think, pretty on point. Um, he was saying that he's kind of frustrated. He's like, why is Mel Brooks making a comedy of something that already feels tired? Mind you, this is 1987. He's like, this is feels like there's nothing here. There's like not, no juice. He's like, some parts were funny. He's also like, and I don't know if you ran into this too. Like I ran into this with uh, walk hard. Yeah. How do you review a movie like this? Like it's, is it funny or not? I guess it's kind of a taste thing. There's no plot. There's no real acting. No, there isn't. No. So it's like, I mean, I guess I can compare it to other spoof. Like, I think Naked Gun's funnier than this. Me too. But like, that's like it's probably more a matter of like, like that. It's, it's hard probably to a taste. Thing, it. it's yeah, like, it's taste. It's not yeah. like yeah. It's because it's not dialogue. Dri- it's not like it's not, awesome, super well, it's not dialogue plot, driven. Not yeah, plot driven. There's no plot. It doesn't matter. There is no it's plot. all about the jokes. Yeah. Which is fine, I guess. I don't, I I wonder if like Mel Brooks. Then you get like so my knock on Mel Brooks. Was like I don't know if he needs to always do these genre things. Like Young Frankenstein is horror. All right, that's that funny. That was yeah, you know, sure. and, and Blazing Saddles did Western, Western. Yeah, and especially in 1974, that was really wild, amazing, like right, crazy comedy. This is sci-fi. All right, you know, and, and but it's like, what happened to original movies? But he follows it up with a movie called Life Stinks, which I've never seen. Um, I don't know that one at I guess all. He, he plays a guy, a rich guy, who has to become homeless or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but it like bombed. So maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he. Maybe he needs to stay with the genre Maybe he specific spoofs. He lost that fastball. Because he also did History of the World. Was that before this or after? Before. It was before. It was in 1980, I think. It was before. Would you consider that genre too? Because it's kind of, I mean, it's uh, not really. It's, it's just, not genre, but it's not, it's so thematic. Like, it's not, it's not a regular movie. No, it's I'd not. I'd say it's more genre than regular movie. Because he's like, yes, caveman and stuff or whatever, or some of that stuff, the other elements but it's not really it. plot it's just time right yeah that's all you're just it's, like little yeah, skits in each plot, time right. yeah yeah there's yeah. no character development right yeah yeah i guess i wonder too if like you know look at his life like he married Anne bancroft beautiful mm. woman a graduate yeah you know he seemed to have like this nice life i wonder if between just getting older because this movie just feels like a movie made by like a a gentle guy 
And Blazing Saddles does not does feel not like that. Seem producers, producers does not, not feel like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that producers feel like a movie with some, someone who had something to say. Yeah. This feels like a movie by someone who's just kind of having fun. I guess that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think of all the characters in it, too. They're all, you know, they're, they're kind of fun-loving actors, too. Yeah. You know, even though they're good, like I love Moranis, I love Candy. I wish Candy were still around. He well, was, those those two are like a level above. I mean, you have like Daphne's so. Aniga from like Melrose Place. Yeah, like, and then Bill I mean, Pullman, who was Bill Pullman, who's good. He's, he's fine. He's a decent. Yeah, he's good in that role. It's a good. But he was young. He was young. He was nothing. Yeah, he didn't. He was. They found him in a. I guess so. Mel Brooks is really pissed off that Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise wouldn't do this. Why would they? Tom Hanks, maybe. So I guess you know because. Um, Dragnet came out the same week. So you yeah. figured you must have chosen the Dan Aykroyd Dragnet. Right. What would you have chosen? Dan Aykroyd Dragon or a Mel Brooks? Dan Aykroyd Dragon. I would have too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in 1987. Because yes. you figured, you know, Aykroyd's three years off of Ghostbusters, right? Yes. So you, you yeah. choose. Not Aykroyd now. I mean, for no, after no, no, this, no, no, like, no. you go shitty. But right 1987. then, I go Dragnet. Yeah, you choose that over the Mel Brooks movie, right? Actually, it's kind of similar. They're both spoof movies. Right, but one's Mel Brooks and one's Dan Aykroyd. In 1987, I think you go with Aykroyd. Yeah, who, who directed it, though? I forget. Yeah, I don't, well, yeah, we'll I forget. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about well, the Patreon show. Yeah, so right. We'll talk about that in the Patreon show. Um, I, I don't remember offhand. I'm sorry, but, but uh, those are good. Comp. That's actually a good comp. Well, that was his choice. I yeah, because they came at the same time. So you yeah, have, you know, one script in each hand, and he chose Dragged It, which I think I would have chosen too. Probably. I'm not saying it's a better movie. I'm just saying just based on spec. Yeah. And then Tom Cruise is coming off a fucking top gun. There's no way he the would do this. The biggest movie of the year. There's no way. Why would he do this? He would never like, do this. That's a crazy thing to assume. He's a household name. Like he is. Unless for some reason, like the story timeline isn't right. Maybe he gave it to, to Cruise before Top Gun and that's when he declined it. Because if you gave this to Tom, to Tom Cruise after Top Gun, that's fucking insane. That is insane. Or, and expect him. I mean, maybe you pass it to him, but so you expect him to do it. Tom no way. Tom Cruise chose in a shocking twist, the color of money with fucking right. Paul Newman. Right. <laughs> he won Newman won Oscar for that uh, Scorsese directed. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not right. hard. Like, no, I'm sorry. If you're pissed off about that. You yeah. shouldn't be. So Mel Brooks and Dan Bancroft are out of play. They see Bill Pullman, really talented, good looking kid. Yep. And that's who they bring out. And I think he's actually a, a really, really good casting choice here. Yeah. He's yeah, cause, perfect for this kind of movie and this kind of role. Right. That's good looking enough. Has good enough delivery. Good enough actor. Yep. Good he's enough good actor. actor. He's yep. fine. He's not an Oscar, but he's good in Independence Day. He's a good actor. He's Yeah, he's good. It's funny how he hasn't really had much of a career either, though. I think he has. Though. He had a, that few years and then yeah. it was over. Well, I mean, I think there's a, he was in the, there's the, a ceiling. Yeah, I know. Well, he was in Lost, Hi- Lost Highway. That's the, the best. Um, what's his face film? Def- David Lynch film. Definitely. That's his best. I mean, I know you like the I straight like story. I, I like the straight yeah, story, too. I don't like David Lynch movies. I'm not a huge fan, yeah. but I do like that one. All Lost right. Highway is really good. But that was it. Like, he kind of had some creative. Yeah. He and then a, and Independence Day was big. Like, what's that? And then Independence Day. Did, uh, yeah. While You Were Sleeping or something with Sandra yeah, Bullock. But he didn't, of, yeah. didn't really, it's like he didn't really fit. Couldn't really fit in the rom-com. Couldn't really fit in the action. Couldn't fit in the avant-garde. He's like a B-minus option to everything. Like, he's always yeah. like the third choice. He's like, he's not the person you want to go with, but he's dependable like he's yeah, yeah. he shows up on time <laughs> and yeah he's but he like, gets the job done yeah but he's not exciting like no one's ever excited to see a bill pullman movie nah but like he's in there you're like ah he's doing he's doing like a dependable enough job like yeah he he's fine he's fine and, he's, and i think in this he's actually it's like a perfect role for him yeah because you're playing off of candy right you know and then you have a, actually the scene with moran is one of the best scenes in the movie that final like, i don't say duel but the final kind of i see schwartz as big as mine that one yes that was a good one that's a good it's funny yeah that, that it gets funny. the job then it's timed well yeah it's well played the funniest joke to me and i didn't laugh a ton i probably laughed maybe four times i laughed a bit 
the, the time I laughed the hardest was when Mel Brooks gets beamed and then beamed back. <laughs> yes. And then all he has to do is simply just it's walk in the next room. <laughs> right. that, that was a, that's a pretty good gag. That oh. made me laugh. That am, made I, me laugh. am I stupid because I laughed when Dark Helmet got hit by the camera and fell over? It was right after the jamming scene, and, and you like get the camera gets right in his oh, face. Oh no, that's, that's fine. That was a that laugh. That made me laugh. In the jamming thing, you're like, all right, you know, like the the Michael Winslow stuff yeah. is funny. Like Beeps and sweeps Michael and Winslow, that's like funny from Police Academy. That's like, all. I he, feel yes. like he's like ripping. Mel Brooks is almost like ripping off Police. I know it's what Winslow does, but yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know why you haven't. We've seen yeah. this before, Mel. Like, come on. Like, yeah, but having said that, though, it was like mildly enough entertaining. I it, this I give this movie a it's hard to, it's better than average so he's average it is. you don't think it is I, i'm either average or both i'm either a c or c minus so you but you think you think adam sandler movies are better than this yes really? i do yeah it's, okay. it's all right it's a fair comp right so it's Bill, i would rather Billy I madison? madison is a better movie than Spaceballs. Oh, I i'll own that hard I, yeah. yeah interesting okay i can't that didn't make me laugh at all at least this made me laugh yeah i'm not you know what it is like I like Naked Gun. The original one is funny. I think that one's funny. It's also like the first one that I had seen. Yeah. Um, I, I know like, you know, Airplane came before, but I hadn't seen that yet, right? It came out in 1980. I, you know, Naked Gun oh, came sure. out. Sure, I just sure. saw Naked Gun first in my life. Right. And so that one hits kind of the hardest um, for me. But like, I don't think those kind of movies are like funny. Like, I don't think like scary movies. Like, I saw no, like, didn't like that. the first one. No, no, no. This no, isn't no. funny. Like, I don't think, like, Mel Brooks later would do, like, Robin Hood Men and Tide. Like, I don't think those movies are uh, particularly funny. That was okay. I did see that one. That was all right. Blazing Saddles is really funny. But it is. Blazing Saddles is funny almost because, like, you can't, like, they're getting away with so much. It's almost like. They really are. It's, like, risque humor. Like, especially some of the race stuff. You're like, yeah. holy shit. Like, this is really happening. Yeah. Like, almost like a Borat type humor. Like, shock humor. Yeah. Um, But, like, the average, like, genre spoof, I really. It's, it's not, not it's funny. It's not for me either. It's not for me either. It's just. I feel like they're just cheap jokes. They are cheap. Like, oh, you know, and some of them are clever enough, like Lone Star. That's pretty funny. That is, you know, Han yeah. Solo. Sure. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, that's good. And like, you know, calling him Barf. And I know you like the joke, the... Barf. Oh, the, oh I'm the, a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm, I'm my own best friend. That, that makes me... I mean, I love... That's one of my favorite lines in all of movie. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. I mean... I, I'm my own best friend is amazing. That's a great it's funny. line. Like, it's it's like, yeah, it's clever. You know, it's And right. said by him is amazing. Like, him, obviously, yes. Candy's gonna... The other thing, too, is they got lucky with Candy and Miranda. They really like, did. Two of the, at that time, the funniest people on the planet. Yeah. So to have two of those people on the same movie... They did luck out. ...works. I mean, especially when you think about, like, you know, this is the same movie that's, like, Dick Van Patten and know, fucking right. Dom DeLuise and, like, some real hacks in it, and you're like, yeah. ugh. So to get those two... And Mel Brooks was smart enough to put them front and center in most of the movie because every yes. scene pretty much either has Moranis or has Candy. In You're it, exactly for the right. Most part, yes. Everyone, the you, presence of Spaceball, whatever space, you know, him is alone. But or that, like those shots or, on, or on space. Yes, right. So you have Mel Brooks, yes, right, right. Moranis or Candy in every scene. Yes, and that's not an accident. Like that's on purpose. Yeah, you need. Someone. And then, like, I think it was really smart casting. I'm a big Joan Rivers fan. I think Joan Rivers is a brilliant person. She is. It's a great documentary. Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, what a hardest working. What was it called? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Hardest yeah, working so, woman. And yeah, it came out. In two, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of hand. It uh, came out in 2010. Yeah, in the, in the theaters. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's about. It's really about exactly what it's about. It's about how hard she works and how she was terrified to even take like a night off. She always has energy. She is always yeah. trying. Yeah, Not I have a lot anymore. of respect for her. Oh, no, she's dead. less energy yeah, now. She, yeah, but, yeah, um, yes. She's less active, if you will. Yes. Uh, but she, less animate. Yes. Uh, but she, but like that was good casting, and like the name like Dot Matrix is pretty funny. That's funny. She's like, oh, some of these things are clever, um, but like that's not why I go to the movies. Nah. And like 
is it when you go to the movies like when you're eight or nine yeah like to get like a cheap laugh like i saw naked gun was at 33 and a third yes. I mean, I saw, it was anna nicole smith but right. i saw it in the theaters with me and my buddies we were all like we we're like 13 we all laughed at like the raunchy parts it's the perfect age for that it was pg-13 like yeah. it wasn't an accident like they knew what they were doing and yeah. we all like you know laugh but like you know you leave the theater you tell some jokes but you don't really ever think about it again it's like kind of just like mindless it's like nothing you know it, it's, like, it, it, it's right because they're ripping something else off so you're take you're not creating art you're just kind of like mocking it and it's actually it is really cheap laughs because you already know all that stuff like they're playing on the familiarity you know factor so you, so you don't even have to you have to think even that far less it's right like, you know it's and, like and well, it's, and i'm not saying it's like lazy because it's, it's not lazy it's just a different way of it's a different form of entertainment or a different form of filmmaking it's one i just don't particularly enjoy i I'm will say you. this is so what's okay my other comp for you was what's better this or walk hard i think walk hard is better not by walk much. hard's better not by much yeah walk hard's better yeah i agree better writing better song better, uh, better kind of better overall yeah, yeah. Um, i think so it yeah. felt obviously i know it's i know it's newer so it's gonna feel fresher but it felt like i had more energy to it. i think because you had a younger like i think mel brooks at this point is kind of old like it oh felt yeah old. and he's the one who wrote it. of course he wrote it he produced it he directed it it's like of course it's gonna feel old it felt like watching it sometimes like especially from being this far back from it, it's like this feels like something shot in the 60s at times yeah. or this feels like some of this delivery or some of the way the camera would just hang on certain actors like oh this feels like it was shot in 1968 or something they're lucky because with it didn't lesser, feel mod- it didn't feel modern even to 87 with lesser actors in this film it would have been a it would have been a, a complete shit show it would have been terrible. yeah it would have been it would have been a gar- trash movie Movie, yeah know? um even uh daphne what is it she's good man. she's, she's good okay. i love it when she she's pretty uh, yeah certainly i love it like she changes when she grabs the gun and starts shooting everybody yeah. like you see her you know you see her like yeah. she her sold change. it yeah she's, she's good kind yeah. of a layup joke but it, she's i like, know but still uh the, oh the headphones um being uh, yes with the, being the, the princess layer things yeah uh, that's pretty funny that is pretty that's a pretty good gag so you're like all right that's a good gag you know i get it mel it's a good gag but like is it worth sitting through a 96 minute movie for like I don't know eight or ten or even twenty good gags? Maybe it is for some people. I think if you're, I think if you haven't seen it, you can see it. I think if, especially if you have kids or something, they haven't seen it, they might like it. Someone who you they know, might. I mean, early Pizza the Hut, that's funny, right? Yeah. So I mean, there are like funny things, but nothing. You. All these things I'm saying though, I'm like, we're you know, those are like the highlights of the film for me, and none of them really were like that great. I mean, eh, that was kind of clever. Like the, the whole time I was watching, I wasn't miserable. I'm like, eh, this is okay. I was kind of like disappointed. And then I get kind of bummed out when I see Mel Brooks. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, really? Yeah. Like, this is what you're doing? I don't know. Moranis was funny. The whole time, whenever we would flip off, Moranis flip off had, his help. Well, that was, that's where the energy came in. Like, yes. Mel Brooks is old. You know, old. He's 94 now, by the way. He's still alive, yeah. if you don't know, um, which is incredible. Uh, but so you figure, what, 30 years? He's still 64. Or yeah. whatever, 35 years. He's still 59, yeah, 60. Right. He's old. He's old. And it feels old. But when Moranis and Candy are in there, you do get like this youthful jolt. You of, really do. Especially Moranis. Like, Moranis is doing so much great so physical good. comedy here. Yeah. Even with his head, like how yes. he looks at the helmet and how he treats the helmet and how he walks around. Like, he's really, you know, he's so, his physical comedy is so great in Ghostbusters, too. It is. Like, he, He's a really underrated physical comedian because he every single move Moranis does, you can tell, is really well thought out and planned. He's yeah. so intelligent, and it's all done uh, comedically. Bri- he's so brilliant comedically. Every single thing is like a masterwork. It's a, like the correct step. And Candy, his delivery is so honest. He's a perfect dog. He's a great cat. He is. Yes. He's like a, I mean the same year he does planes, trains, automobiles, which R- basically awesome. plays like the human equivalent of he a does. dog. Yeah, he does. Like this loyal, you know, dopey guy. You can't, yes, you can't wait to get rid of, but at the same token, you're like, all right, cause come, <laughs> you know, I, you know what? Just move in. If you have to choose between <laughs> the two, see that one, that, that one's much oh, better. Oh, that's one of the greatest comments yeah. ever. Yeah. 
Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one of the greatest comedies of all time. It's very good. Yeah, that's a very good one. Uh, yeah. Um, right, this right. is not... It's not... It's okay, though. It's, it's, it's okay. Not, it's not good. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my C-. minus. I was hoping you... you C-? I was hoping you convinced me to get to a, oh, to a C. Oh, I just think between Candy and, candy and, not and enough, Miranda... Not, not enough there? there? No, it's not a good movie. Oh. What about the opening scene, though, where they show the ship for a, a whole minute? That's pretty fun. That is pretty, pretty fun. Pretty good gag. It's, it's like, oh, like, but I wasn't, like, laughing. I was just like... That's not it's kind of clever and then like the bumper sticker is bad though that's both, what I mean. both were bad bad payoffs there yeah i was like well because i think what do you say we break for nobody and then the right, other because like bumper stickers were a thing in the late 80s yeah. like, like that kind of like there's also a shot of like baby on board sign i think in maybe the winnebago yes and like, and uh, vespa's uh, license plate is like something yeah. is another stupid you one can feel, you know what it feels like at times with this movie like mel brooks is an old guy desperate for a laugh mm. so like he just will slam in like really like he knows that's not a good joke but he's like if it makes one person in the audience laugh it's, it's like worth kinda, it. i think i think he feels like that like he feels like, like a desperate like and i know a lot of that was from that like that sid caesar which is where he came from your show of shows we're just gonna like cram onto joe say and mm. like if three of the ten stick it works but like eh, it's not really what we're i mean there was better com- and it, it, this isn't a thing like i'm trying to compare it to 2020 like, there was better comedies like playing straight automobiles from the same fucking year yeah right way better like, john hughes was doing you know different kind of comedy still and, better movies and ebert said that too in his reviews like why didn't mel brooks do like a um a spoof on that like which was which, which, on course, 16 candles or would later become not another teen movie which yeah was, but it came too late like why way too late why didn't they like spoof the more relevant what? stuff yeah it's funny like, people don't do it. i that's why i give walk hard some credit because they were they did it right in the middle of it they did and you know you yeah. wait you wait too long it's like yeah but mel brooks was an old guy he probably wasn't didn't have his finger in the pulse i don't know i did like the shots they took at merchandising too because i guess it's a, i liked it's a layup it. i know it's so easy yeah but it was kind of an f you because i know he couldn't do any merchandising because lucas told him you you can you can spoof this but you can't do it you it's more like a fudge you i guess like I was, we were mad, more mad at each other when we did the open with the fucking uh, two tourist thing. Oh, well, yeah. With the, um, you know, you being, uh, Bruce Jenner over there. Uh, you know, <laughs> so off. active. Like, the, the Catholic. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like, I mean, I just felt, that's the other thing too, is we just felt so gentle. It did feel like training wheels on, you know, and, but, but, but to your point, if this is for kids and star wars is a kid's movie. It is a kid's movie. It absolutely yeah. is. So if that's what you're going for, if that's what you're aiming for, you then could do worse. I can't really. I was okay. Let me say this. It's a C minus for me. Yeah. Is, okay. I would rank it higher for kids. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. So like, like that, that's not like I'm not. So th- if this is a children's movie, this is probably B plus. I don't know. If that, don't that, you think I, so? I, it's hard. I can't imagine me a kid. I don't know what kid, you know, kids, yeah. maybe kids nowadays might not like it because the pacing is too slow. They might not, but I will say I enjoyed it more as a kid myself speaking myself than I did. Oh, one, the, oh, another bit. I know we keep saying all the good things about it. I feel like this is like the opposite of us talking about Tarantino. We're giving this <laughs> yes, lousy movie all these scholars credit. We're yes, giving <laughs> the alien scene is very well done. It's with, a, uh, it's with a hurt, very yeah. funny bit. That is a good that one. Very good. Yeah. That is the highlight of the movie. Yeah. Uh, that is very good. Uh, really well done. They got the, they got John Hurt, our buddy John Hurt from yes. Indiana Jones. They got Two movies him. in a row for him. <laughs> no, how about that, huh? uh what an honor <laughs> <laughs> only he was alive to see it. um but I, it was just really really well played they even got like a sigourney weaver lookalike it was yes just, it, it was just funny yeah yeah, yeah. Too bad they couldn't get the whole cast oh that would have been amazing they couldn't afford that i but like for one day shoot you work at scale you do it for you do because it it's mel brooks i guess you're thinking the sigourney's probably but like they couldn't get like ernie hudson oh they could have oh no was it not ernie hudson no, 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 yes i'm sorry yeah you couldn't get yafa koto yeah you could have 
Or the the yeah, I mean, come on, guy. Yeah. Tom Skerritt was that busy? <laughs> he was not. He's he's enjoying those Top Gun residuals. Uh, it's like ah oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, this movie, movie uh, not good. Uh, but it's not terrible. So you're going to give this a thumbs down? We'd like to. Uh, I, I am. Yes. Really? I, I can't. Recommend, I, think, I can't recommend. This I think. Movie. I think you're a family person. You got to give. All right. Well, we'll we'll divert. We'll talk about that one. in the Patreon show. But yeah. uh, with the thumbs up, thumbs down. But yes, I can. I cannot recommend this movie. I'll say it. Okay. Um. Anything else about it? I think we're good. I think. There we're, you go. There you go, Justin. We enjoy your movie. the heat huh yeah i like this song don't trash this song you're such an idiot are you fucking kidding me you're such a fucking idiot <laughs> not an idiot i'm really smart <laughs> actually no this isn't a bad song uh, it's okay. fine it's fine i don't it's ha- a really good pop song. I, I think it's a i think it's good yeah. it's a good pop song maybe i mean definitely better than middle of the road of what we've covered but oh I like it's not amazing way. it's not like top it's on our it's not gonna be in our my top even 20 probably of the songs we've heard about where this is episode number 98. So I don't know that I'm yeah, going to hit it's there. Probably like in that 70 park, I guess probably in that like 70, maybe range like the 20 to 30 range, 20, maybe oh. 18 to 20, somewhere in there. We're not that far so off. It's then. the, uh, what is it? The, uh, Matt Stafford, of 18 to 20. <laughs> he got a haul. That guy. Wow. A haul. I will say this one. So point Carano for sure on that one. Uh, although, that trade was. I don't even ask for so the points, stupid. but that's fine. That trade is so stupid. It, that's a dumb. That is a Hard. dumb trade. But I will say a lot of the trade has to do because of Goff's contract. Is that why it was just Stafford so... being? But is he that bad? Like, well, it, well Goffrey kind of stinks. Yeah. And um, I think Goffrey's a better quarterback than Stafford, but barely. Are you calling uh, him Goffrey? He's Goffrey. Goff, right? Yeah, Goff's a better uh, quarterback than Stafford. Excuse me, uh, yeah. but barely. Um, but I, I wouldn't argue that. Someone has a different opinion. That's fine. But I think a big reason that Hall was so substantial because golf's contract is what, just what's golf make is he make 20 25 or it's something like for a long time it's, oh it it's is a while yeah it's an awful deal so um, stafford's got just like a couple years left or something i think so I think yeah so, yeah. yeah and it, it's um great trade for the lions to get those number one because absolutely going it's a no-brainer yeah so yeah rams won't have a number one pick for seven years when it's all said and done that's stupid it's hard to run a team like that yeah they better they win. gave up a ton to get golf to move up in the draft to get him I don't remember and that. And then they uh, and they gave up a lot to get rid of him. Like, I mean, mean, that was worth it because they hit a Super Bowl. I guess, it's but they didn't a, win. But like, no, they didn't. What if you had different? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, so that was a good day, Carano on that one. I guess. Um, I want to dance with somebody though. Yeah. Good day, uh, Whitney Houston. I this is my favorite Whitney Houston song. You, really? I think I like some of her ballads better just because it shows off her vocal prowess. This is kind of an easy, this is a very easy song for her, which, which is fine. Like she's very effortless when she sings it, yeah. which is one of the cool things. She doesn't, she does not have, she doesn't sound like she's struggling to do this no. and she's doing some cool stuff. So the, she makes it sound end, a lot of fun. She puts a little hustle in. She does. She, she does. But only, like, at the, only at the end, you're right. The first like, whatever, four minutes of the song, you're right. It feels very very easy very, for very her. easy breezy yeah. but it's nice i mean it, it's definitely it's fun yeah. sounds good it's a very uplifting song um very similar to the what was her number one on the last i mean she had three number ones before this on her first album it was um oh the same guys wrote it uh how will i know how will i know if he really loves yeah, that one of my favorite Whitney songs yeah, it, yeah yeah same writers yeah i like those guys let's yeah oh oh dude let's those Whitney out of the tub and get those guys that that uh the writers are boy meets girl um, that ba- it's a band, uh, it's a husband, yeah, husband and wife band. You would know this is this was a top ten hit for them. Ben Savage. This is Boy Meets Girl. They wrote those two songs, the Fur Whitney. This is a good song too. It is a good song. Yeah, this is they're a good like yeah. happy pop. I like those guys. People, yeah. yeah, husband and wife team. 
not anymore. They they divorced, no! but they were at the time. I know oh, it's very no. sad. Very. The sad. name was Topanga, right? Is that what it was? Topanga. 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 Is that a joke? A boy meets world was a show. Oh, Boy Meets World was? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> was that a Nickelodeon show? <laughs> Do you know I was banned from watching Nickelodeon? It wasn't Nickelodeon. It wasn't? Who, what oh was it on? Oh, my God, Matt. You're going to get so much grief. For Boy Meets World, was it good? It was, it was, <laughs> this is Boy Meets Girl, by the way. Yeah. It's totally different. I know. I was making a reference. It's okay. Topinga? Yep. Was that the, is that the word? Topanga was her Topanga. name. Topanga. You know, so the Wonder Years. The sh- of course, yeah. Okay, so that was Fred Savage. Of course. Right. You know from Resist Right. Yes. His yes, brother yes. was Ben Savage. And Ben Savage was on a, a show for about eight or nine years ah. on ABC. ABC. <laughs> called Boy Meets World. Was it a kid's show? Uh, yeah, I guess. But like, it wasn't like. I don't know why I never watched it. It, it was for a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. It was a kid's show, but it wasn't like. I watched the shit out of Wonder like Years. Young, it's like Full House. It's like that next level up. Oh, uh, okay. But like it was like a like it's a, maybe it was on a, it all the time. Maybe it's like, on what a, do you must think when you see some memes like on you must be like this is confusing or weird. <laughs> like, like you must. Like, I wouldn't pay attention to a like, boy this meets gets world. Reference, like um like like blind prison Mike and I had an argument I think about this like on like on Twitter like like not like angry but like uh, I think he was saying is this a good show? No, but it's like it's like everyone like watched everyone like. It's I don't know why I didn't watch this one. I don't know. Well, it was very I don't popular. Even though. Heard of it? No, I've heard the name. Of course, I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't know what you were referencing when premise? you said Tabinga. Basic premise of it at all? No idea. No but idea. I remember the I remember the title of the show. Okay, good. Yeah, you remember the title? But like, it's just so weird. You have like so Mr. Feeny means nothing to you, right? No, nah, it doesn't. No. I never watched that show. I don't know why. I know, but like, how do you like? It's almost like, but it's people talk. Like I said, like people have like talked about it. <laughs> I tune people out when they talk about stupid mm. shit like Boy Meets World. And Tominga, yeah, <laughs> and Topinga, <laughs> Taringa. My screech died today. I know, know that that's very so sad. You know, Say by the bell. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. I watched. Oh, that. Of course, but like that's the same. Like Boy Meets World has just as much significance. I don't. I guess really. Does it really? I thought. Yeah. Well, maybe like a notch less popular. Below. Actually, maybe maybe like a notch below. I knew all like the nine hundred two one zero stuff. I mean, I knew I knew a lot of these these shows. I don't know why I never I never watched Boy Meets World. I don't know. Was it hmm. on a weird time or something? Maybe I watched something else that was, it was uh, on, on against like it. nine years. So I think it was mostly on Fridays. Yeah. But like there's been many reruns been on syndication for a very long time. It's, it's get, it got average. It's, it's like I said, it's fairly like, like iconic show, especially if people like our age and younger. So like we're at the, we're at the, probably the tail end of it. People being too old for it maybe. Yeah. But like, but you still really should know it. Could exists. it have been on when I was in high school or when we were in high school? Yeah, maybe that's what maybe like high school. It was on for very long. The kids, yeah. all the kids like started in junior high. And by the time the show ends, like they got married, like the show was on forever. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time, I guess. I can't wait to hear what people say about this. This is great. I'm so I'm really excited for Wednesday now. All right, good. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this is uh, <laughs> use its second album called Whitney. Um, it has so. This is the first single off. It hit number one. So this is her fourth number one single in a row. And then right. three more in a row from this album hit number one. So yeah, emotional. Seven in a row. Seven in a row. Yes. So emotional. Broken hearts. And didn't we almost have it all? Didn't we almost have it all? Another pretty song. And by the way, their first album only came out a year before this one. It's fucking So nuts. you have seven number ones in the course of a two-year span for a solo artist, which is hard. We talked about George Michael had crazy. five. Yes. Uh, right, he had was think, five uh, on that album. I think on, on faith, album, I think right. it was five. But yeah, like, you start talking like that's what we're yes, like that. But obviously, when he was the biggest superstar in George Michael, I don't mean like that. Yes, but I'm just but anyway, George Michael was coming off of Wham. 
Right. Like Whitney just like kind of out of nowhere. I, produced by Jermaine uh, Jackson and, and like Clive Davis, and Clive Davis, right? Jermaine Jackson, right? So, but so, still, and, and, you know, Godmother's Aretha Franco. Like, there's a lot yes. of moving parts here. But that there was hard. no priming of the pump. If you were like, like a regular person, like I remember, like being a kid, like all of a sudden when you some, I had no, she everywhere. was on the radar at all. Yeah, and all of a sudden she was everywhere. Yes, like overnight. Right. It was wild. Yeah, I felt like she was the biggest star in the world for like uh, well, forever. I feel like it was like her Madonna. Like, Madonna. Like, the late eighties was like, our, you know. But like before Whitney Houston like came on the map, it was like Madonna by a mile. Yes. And then all of a sudden Whitney Houston like shot out. There. Yeah. And yeah. You're like what? What's going on? It was wild. So um, just to put this in perspective too. So this, this album sold 20 million copies. It's still her third most selling album. Oh, Bodyguard. Because Bodyguard yeah. was 45 million. Yeah. And then Whitney, the first uh, Whitney Houston, the first one, uh, first album was 22 million. That was more. It's fucking crazy. So mm-hmm. those three albums, the and we're talking. Bodyguard was just crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, 45 million. That's one yeah. of the top one, yes. uh, ones ever. Is, of, yeah, of definitely. Records of all time. Top 10, maybe even top five. Something I, I like that, yeah. But, yeah. So we're talking like 80 million al- uh, copies sold between these between those three just albums. Three albums. Just she's fucking she's nuts. She's other albums. So like, yes. yeah, think about like, we're talking about a... A massive, 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 massive star. Yeah. This album spent uh, 11 weeks in a row at number one and then, but 25 weeks total. So, I mean, it's just like, it's just slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. Slaughtered the world. Um, we talk about the George Michael album. Was it 1988? Was it maybe it was the next year, right? Yeah. It was Faith that. was 88 or 89. I think it was 88 because it came out the same year as bad, right? Yes. So like those two albums were like, that was like the, basically the albums of 88. And I'd say like, this is like the album of 87. Like I think this, you're right. This, th- yeah. There certainly is right in, right in there. Like this is and revolutionary can, like, stuff. And there are awesome people. All of this, the producers, this guy, Michael Walden, he's currently the drummer for journey, but he has eight Grammys to himself. He's done a bunch of movie scores. He's played with everybody. He's a drummer. He's played with like Aretha Franklin to, to journey to everybody. He's just done a shit to jazz greats like Chick Corea. The yeah. drummer, uh, this drum, this guy. Yeah. I uh, the drummer was this a Michael drum Walden. machine on this. Yeah. It's a roll and drum machine, but no, the drummer, Michael Walden produced this oh, album. I so see. he's a killer Wait, producer. Isn't that weird. Yeah, it you is. You think the drummer would drummer, like, you want your want, would hate drum machines? Yeah, right? no, he love. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah, I, no, I think drummers like it. Drummers like uh, programming beats and stuff. Oh, because yeah. that way you still control the drumming. Well, um, so I don't know if he programmed the Roland. It probably was him. If he produced he must it, some say in it though. You know what I mean? I would like, guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's. Huh. I think when I was listening to it, I think that it's. I think it's both the drum machine and a drum and a, a live drum in there too, because the. The drum machine at that time sounds like a drum machine, but it sounds like there's like real drums in there. So he might've done both. I don't know, but he produced it. He's a hell of a producer. He's a hell of a producer. And you got, you know, like I said, the, the, um, the, the boy meets girl fucking super group band with all the, uh, writing all these hits as well. So it's, it's uh, this is a great track on just a, um, you know, an immense album. Um, I, oh, I wanted to say something else too about this. Something really cool happens. This, this used to happen way more often than it does now. It's a modulation. So like if you're uh, grabbing the guitar, if you're playing a pop song and, and this is a, in the, say in the key of G. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. So this is the key. It's, it's in the, the key of G. She goes she modulates she she does the same pattern but just a half step up in the last chorus she goes oh i want to dance with somebody see see the difference like starting here mm-hmm. moving to here you'll hear it uh her do it up the half step 
Hear that? Like it's, yeah, it sounds yeah. like it kind of jumps out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and 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 people used to do that. <laughs> this is weird board stuff happening tonight. I just punched the board. <laughs> so no, the, I got so excited about modulation. Uh, no, people used to do that to like add just like a ch- an ear change. It would, it would kind of wake you up a little bit. Like, oh, that sounds different. So it's the same chord progression, just a half step different. So that modulation used to be used to happen all the time back in the eighties and like nineties. Doesn't happen as much anymore. I heard that. I was like, whoa. I don't know, a little key change out of nowhere. I, I, I attributed, obviously, my layman's ears hearing, but I attributed it to just like a really fun energy. Like, yeah. To me, like that that means energy to me. And I'm like, th- this song has so much. It's almost sad to, like, did you watch the video? I did, yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. And it's like almost sad to watch though, because you're like, oh man, like this Whitney. girl's. Too bad. It's going to be, I mean, she's, you know, she dies at 48. You know, Way she has you know, major drug issues, yeah. major like self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. And you're like, but in that video for this like moment in time, she just seems like this like carefree singing about being single and like loneliness. And like some, I think this song is, it's, it, it has a little bit of depth to it. That it does. Some pop songs don't. Yeah. Um, and, but she's like having fun and you can just tell it's like someone who's just like at the brink of their life, like just starting out. And it's like, oh man, the next few chapters are going to be rough. not going to be and good. Like us. It's, it's just really sad to see that, to see this beautiful girl and know so what she's going to become and, or look so, you know, she, you know, she's a video, so who knows, but yeah. she's so, she seems so happy. Yeah. So just having fun with her success. And she just came off that huge album yeah. and she's like, she knows, she knows it's going to be a big hit. Right. And, and you know to you know she's you know dead in a bathtub in a hotel you're like oh god i know it really sucks it's too bad it's really sad because it's she's really, also they she, really chewed her up and spit her out. she really got destroyed by the the industry do you think it was the industry or do you think it was just you know bobby i mean they kind of they were codependent and really dragged yeah. each other down do you think it was the industry i wonder about that like Steve, right so how much you i thought about this too when I was, maybe she's not the best example for this but because she probably was always going to be famous because you know her She's her parents weren't really directly in show business, but everyone else in her, like her sphere was. Yeah. Like, so we mentioned Aretha Franklin was her godmother. Like, it's just crazy. Like yep. if you look at her life, like she has so many connections or like Clive David, like people just like knew her and she became a, a model as a teenager. Yeah. But she probably had, it seems like there was always like some sort of connection. She always had kind of an inside track on stuff. I'm not saying she wasn't talented. No, she's but she extremely had, talented. She had yes. easier road than someone starting sure. out in Iowa. Yeah. You know, she's in New Jersey and like, she's right near New York. So like there's yeah. a lot of stuff, you know, would does she have a better life if she never becomes famous or is she just predisposed to like drug addiction and she would just end up being a drug addict in New Jersey and like like what I don't know I mean because I think you have way more access when you when you have that much money and there's the existential crisis of who am I like I you know I've now I've I've reached the top of my game what else is what else is there and that's really when she started doing the drugs yeah she said she started really using hard after she had her kid and after the bodyguard because like after the bodyguard, you kind of peek out. Like we're like you're right. What else? You sell forty five million copies. Like, what no, else are you gonna you, do? And you start in the movie. And you start in a movie. Yeah. And you you know like you've literally done it all by the time you're because she's so young. So yeah. by the time you're like thirty four, you're something. Yeah. Done ever even younger than that. You're like thirty. You've done everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you maybe right. So I I just like wonder about like you know I'm talking about Michael Jackson. Go through the list of you know George Michael. All these yeah. people, you're like, would they have had a longer, happier lives if they just had never become? Famous? How how strange that they have all this access to every medical care in the world, yep. but they die at like forty eight or fifty three or whatever. And you're like, what the fuck? I know. I mean, but artists too, I think, are predisposed to darkness anyway. I mean, Probably. so there's there's that as well. I right. think it sort of self selects to that. Like you have to be really ambitious. 
you have to be cut. You kind of have to have a darkness because you you know you want to you want to produce art. You get you have to you know you have to know yourself and you have to know about all the bad shit in the world. So I think it, yeah, I think you have some pre. You're predisposed to it, like Prince. Like Prince would still be alive if he wasn't famous. I have to imagine. Yeah, probably. Probably like he was doing like insane amount of drugs to keep part of it was to keep touring to keep touring right your body doesn't fucking do that anymore and you need you know you need to stay awake and Even all like, that like shit. a tom petty like some of those guys like those guys died like you know all these guys die young you're know, like ah you know this is well this is fucking like man i tour life seems like absolute hell absolute hell like traveling all the time you don't know where like you are and then, all, and then the drugs to keep you up like, right you know and you gotta perform you have so many people relying on you your backing band your manager your accountant your family your friends the audience yes. depend like you know yes. everyone is like relying on you yes and you have all this Every downtime you have all this downtime oh, too. Yeah. you do one show maybe yep. it's two hours or three right. hours a night if you do a long show or whatever sure. but then what do the fuck do you do the rest of the day like you have to you're what do you bored do what do you do and then at night you come off you're fucking i'm sure you're got crazy adrenaline yes so now it's like whatever 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night you know you're up till dawn I mean, everyone will agree with whatever you say yes so they'll party with you they'll do whatever you want yeah so you can keep going yeah and then you know you don't need to get up in the morning so i guess you sleep and then you get up and then you're either traveling or you're just sitting around like I don't, I don't think that's like, and it, and it, it, you're right. It does hit music people more, maybe because of the tour, than it does. I mean, oh yeah, because if you're an actor, you're comics not, have the issues too. With, yes, you know some some pretty dark stuff. But like, you're right, yeah. like an actor, like a. At least you're on set. I mean, you do might do on location stuff, right. but and you can always shift to TV where it's more of a nine to five. Yeah. So there are a couple options where I guess in music you can just stop touring, but like it's hard to like. Like, that's where most your money comes well, back particularly back then yeah. i mean that's where you're that's where you're making money i mean yes usually like a lot of times you're having bad record contracts so you weren't making that much off the album right she might have been just because maybe she was a little more savvy or had more people looking after her or by the or time so she's famous she could kind of call she can kind of call right, it, like prince did but even big superstars though, you do make more money tour- like even the rolling stones make more money touring than they do off an album yeah like everyone does because yeah a there's more money and b the record companies don't get as much of a cut right so it's and there's merchandise too. So it's everything. Yeah. You just make so much of a ticket sales. Like the stones keep touring, not because like they love to tour, which I'm sure I guess they do on some level, but like because you make so much fucking money. Yeah. Same with Bob Dylan. He keeps going. He's yeah. like, he's like 80 something. Like Bob Dylan, there's no way Bob Dylan likes touring. He's, he's, and he doesn't sound good either. He, he sucks, but people still want to give him money to do it. So he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, cause they want to say they saw Bob Dylan. Yeah, exactly. Which, and he, you know, yeah. but like he doesn't by all accounts, I've talked to a dozen people. I've seen him live. It is a horrible show. Yeah, he doesn't even play guitar anymore. Like he barely, he, he barely sings. He's, he's barely, not a, he's not a singer anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? What is this? My buddy's on tour with him. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, and it keeps him employed. I mean, not right now during COVID, but right. You know, it keeps everybody employed there too. So it's it's, just, a, it's a, the destruction. So this video in particular was when I was like, oh man, yeah. this is really. I'm thinking the same thing. It's she sad. just seems so happy. She and does. I know obviously, she's, she's performing. It's a video, but. But it's a fun song. It's, it's a fun, a fun time fun of her life. Yes. And yeah, you know, it's just going to get dark. Oh, I know, it's rough. Oh, there was one more thing I want to talk about in this before we move on. And it's this is like, it's a five minute song, dude. This hit number one. And it's a five minute song. I'm like, how odd is it's that? It's a long pop song. It's really long. It's a, I don't get bored with it, though. I don't get bored with Maybe it. Maybe because that end, we talk about, like, you yeah. know, at the end, how she changes, like, she does start to put a little oomph in the voice. And you got that key change in there, too. Where, yeah, you know, that make it more exciting. I, I think, think so. Yeah. yeah. But also, uh, songs tended to be longer then so in the 60s average pop songs were under three minutes yeah right super short yeah and it's because of the physical record that they had like if you had a you know you had uh 48 or seven or what is it 70 
45 or a 78 right those are the the um, i always forget the rpm things yeah yeah, yeah. 78 was first 45 was second but they basically got three minutes per side yeah look at, look at some of the old Beatles songs like oh super of, like, sure. help or yeah, yeah it's like, and, and um it's the mechanism that radio stations were playing music on so you had to release your song on that so it had to be short enough to fit on the mm-hmm. on, on the physical album and so that's where singles came from you you, you know one song on this motherfucker but so I, I think that, be, you know, the, the technology really stifled how long shit could be. But then as technology improved, songs got longer and longer and lo- longer and peaked in the late 80s, at the late 80s, 80s. Well, the, like the so rock like the average so long, like the 70s rock songs were revolting. Yes. They were going for like nine minutes. But like, I'm, I'm just, exactly. Totally talking to strictly pop. I'm, I'm, uh, top 100. Uh, yeah, top yeah. 40 stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that, you know, the average at this time, late 80s was something like four and a half minutes. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but now it's back down um, in the last five years in particular. So it was uh, five years ago. The average um, on the Hot 100 was three minutes and 50 seconds. And now it's three minutes and 20 seconds. Whoa. Part of the reason, though, it's is drop. streaming because yeah. you get paid per listen. Yeah. So you put more tracks on the album or right. you put right. You put more tracks out in less time because they're not paying. That's you really for fucking interesting minutes. stuff, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Thanks, Spotify. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Yeah, Apple Music. it's funny how technology drives the art it really you know? does even in the 50s yeah 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 uh that's all i have for whitney whitney's good i mean she's to me she's one of the best vocalists who ever lived she's not she's not the best in uh you know aretha franklin is the best um in my mind in sort of the the rock pop sphere but uh but whitney's up there top five i would say great voice I, I, the ballads aren't like i like when she's having fun the ballads don't really do it for me sure but this is about this is about as good as it gets for whitney i like this song better than the movie this week significantly okay i can say that it's good it's more enjoyable in the movie yeah damn sorry Spaceballs. okay where was i yeah so this is the summer um before my uh fourth grade year and in this this summer we moved from north Andover, massachusetts to hooks in new hampshire which is where you went to like this is where you junior high and then high school college. yeah until college and then moved out um and my parents there. Yeah, I think my parents lived in Hooks maybe like 20 years total. So yeah, like 10 years for the rest of my growing up and then and then on. Um, but they moved when... So I would visit my grandparents in Iowa uh, for like a multiple... I think six or seven summers in a row. That. Yep. I did, yeah. And uh, so they, I, they were there, not because they were farmers or anything. They lived in West Des Moines, which is a very like uppity place. They had this huge house. Uh, because my grandfather was like the VP of a certain area for a large insurance company. Mm-hmm. So like VP of the, of the central third of the con- uh, country in oh, their territory. Territory, right. So, you know, he is, um, I think their office was in Des Moines. So that's why okay. they moved there. They lived uh, in Massachusetts most of like most of my life before then. And then even afterwards, they moved back to Massachusetts. Des Moines, by the way, super boring. Went there for a couple super years ago. Super boring. Oh, dude, it's not cool. No, it's not it's cool. It's not. And like the city's like kind of like, it feels like half abandoned. It's not, not a fun place. No. Yeah, two thumbs down for Des Moines. Two thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. I did go to, we talked about me going to Field of Dreams in the, in the, um, in oh, the yeah, north, yeah, yeah. Uh, north, I think it's in the northeast corner of Iowa, in the middle of the fucking corn, middle of nowhere, which is a, we, we, yeah, we did an excursion one year out there, which was a lot of fun. Uh, cool the, at my work function, they brought the guy that played, uh, 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 Kevin Costner's dad, that actor, uh, you know, play, I guess played Ray Kinsella or played uh, Ray Kinsella's dad. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The that's actor right. who plays catch at the end. Yeah, that's right. They brought him to this work event. I wonder if he did like, in Des Moines was Iowa. And it was a baseball thing. <laughs> so they, they like flew him in. He, he doesn't live there. They just flew him in. I don't know if he was also doing stuff with the Field of Dreams people at that time. Like, I oh. don't know, like, if it was all 
I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't organizing the event. I was just a guest, but they, they brought him on to this baseball. It was a baseball event too. Yeah. That. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for work, but yeah, they brought, they brought him in, but yeah, they try to definitely, they try to hammer home that field of dream stuff. Even, even in Des Moines, <laughs> they were trying to, yeah don't forget yeah if you ever go you should visit sometime if you can i mean it's, oh, it's, a, it's a cool spot i want to do a cross-country drive yeah. that, would, that would be a great spot to to hit for sure absolutely yeah. I, I mentioned at the time too they like resided two 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 uh two sides of the house mm. they didn't do the whole house because you know that was what the was in the movie budget but but it's a uh, it's cool i mean it has lights and it's all yeah it's it's, yeah, it's a nice yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun um so, but we went out there, so they timed the move because then we would be out visiting my grandparents for like, we would go for a month at a time in the summer. I think it gave my parents a break, but, um, they timed the move so that we were gone and they would do it. And then we would come back in this like new place. Okay. Um, but how'd you, how'd you feel about that? I don't, I mean, I think I was, I, I really liked my school mm. and I had like, I, I had a good year. My, my third, when I was in third grade, I liked where we were. So I probably wasn't that happy about it, but ultimately New Hampshire was a better place to grow up than and North Andover is not bad. It's uh it's, it's a wealthy area, but New Hampshire is probably a better, better place to grow up. Um, my stepdad worked uh, for a company in, in Manchester. So it was close to there yep. and it just made more sense. It, it, houses were a lot cheaper and all that. So um, yep. we ended up, so we, we moved into a duplex at the top of the road and then we ended up buying a house down the road, like how, same, how, same street. How long after? Um, I think it was the next year. I think oh, we were okay. into that duplex for, for a year and then moved into the house. Did they wait for you to meet your grandparents again to move back? <laughs> yes. No, I didn't do it that. Time I don't think so. You fly back home. Like, like, what the, where do I live? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Um, but the weird part about this, so we would, so they had this huge, huge house in West Des Moines. Uh, they had just finished building it when we moved out there and they were moving in. So we stayed in like a, in a hotel for a few days as like all the furniture was being moved in and then we moved in and, um, or then, you know, we, we went to that house and we were probably there for four weeks, 8,000 square foot house, like game room, fucking pool table, just this giant, giant behemoth. But the thing that like is crazy about this trip is the way that I can't remember. It was something with the connection flight. Didn't we flew, we would fly into Chicago, but we would fly into Chicago midway. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did, they had a connecting hub to, to what's Nebraska? Um, uh, oh, never flown to Nebraska. Um, fucking oh, Omaha, Nebraska was the connecting oh, flight. Okay, so right. we would fly into Omaha and then drive to Des Moines, which is a three hour oh, drive. Oh, Jesus. That's how we had to go the first couple years. So on the way out, we're leaving and we drive from, um, from Des Moines to Omaha, but the, our flight gets canceled oh. and we don't know why. So we, we just, so we're drive three hours there and we're like, we're we going to stay in a hotel. We're just going to drive back and come back the next day. Like there the next flights that weren't going to happen until like a day later. And we weren't sure why, but it was canceled. So we went back to Des Moines. We look on the news, come to find out the plane that we were supposed to take crashed on its way to Omaha. Oh my God. Fucking crashed. Dude. Like people died. No one died, oh. but like, you know, yeah, had uh had some sort of mechanical malfunction and crash crash right after uh right after takeoff no one died but like that was our plane oh my god and we were supposed to take that motherfucker home didn't end up happening and uh we ended up having to go down and take the flight the next day were you uh, nervous flying out the next day a little bit or i mean you figure what does it mean i was a kid i mean I was, were you, as a kid are you nervous uh the first time i ever flew i did not want to do it i was yeah it was the, I think it was the year before was the first but time. But did the before. crash affect I'm you trying to think about it. So I was, yeah. I was really nervous the first time. I didn't want to do it. But then after I did it, I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. So I think I just, I might've been a little nervous, but I think I just like let it kind of let yeah. it go. Well, like, I think my grandfather was probably, probably like, this would never, this like yeah. never happen. So you're going to But now as an adult, you're nervous. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I think back to the time that the that plane think about that, that crash, crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What do you figure? Eight nine year old Matt is more logical than forty two year old Matt. <laughs> Only in that one thing. That guy on the show. Ah, uh, you'd probably like him. <laughs> he was, a, he was a cute kid. Anyway, so uh, plane crashed and we didn't get to fly home until the next day. So that's my story. That's pretty. That's it. That's it. I never had that happen. Good. You know, like no, I ever had like a flight canceled because of like that. Yeah. Reason we um we. I've had two other things. One nasty turbulence. One flight home from this is just maybe the year after. I think fourth grade, uh, flying home from Florida. Terrible, terrible turbulence. A terrible winter storm. We had to fly to New York. We couldn't even fly into Boston. Oh wow! It was horrid. People were puking everywhere. Oh, God. It was oh, Jesus. It, dude, oh, never it was no. so rough. Oh wow! Um, I thought we were going like mm. it, it was scary. And then we we flew. Uh, we, sorry, then we landed and like we were in the fucking airport like all night until we got to fly out the next day. But that was that was a fucking mess. And then there was another mechanic. We had to get off a plane once because there was a mechanical issue and they couldn't they couldn't uh, they they couldn't take off. So like that la- like the last check whatever they did, they're yeah. like I'm you know this too much whatever. So that there's been a few. There's mm. been a few. You should keep flying. See what happens. Maybe someone's trying to do something. <clears throat> tell you something. No, I'm not going to fly during COVID. No, I don't blame for that. Either. Yeah. Uh, what what happened? So we have, I didn't. This, so suddenly it's just really hard to find headlines. It's like, oh fuck, it's so yeah, bizarre. yeah, yeah. So this week I found four. I barely looked. So you might have carte blanche, but it's cool because all four all have to deal with kind of the end of an error, the end of something. Okay, cool. Which is interesting because I kind of look at this point in my life too. Is like for me, like it's when we moved to New York in 1989. It's right. kind of like the end of like that kind of part of my childhood new hampshire in 89 oh, so i moved to new hampshire left yeah. new york in 89 um it's kind of like this end of a lot of things for for me so it's interesting that late 80s has kind of this thing all in the same week um so first off june 22nd tom siever retires mm. now tom siever uh had pitched uh in 1986 for the white Sox and then for the red Sox for a few months oh yeah and he was on the 86 world series team but he had hurt i think it was his knee um in august late august of that year so he missed all of september they thought he might be able to come back for the playoffs it didn't quite happen but yeah. he was there in uniform like if you see like old footage you'll see him like at the world series against the Mets. yeah of course yep. he's most famous for yep um Seaver, uh, so Seaver had an odd career at the Mets. So he pitched, uh, I believe it was from 66 uh, to 77. Famously was traded halfway through the season. So he pitched the Mets that entire run. Yep. 77 was traded to the Reds. Uh, they were kind of like just dumping salary, had a huge fire yeah. sale. Very, they traded Dave Kingman the same day. It was a really dark day for the Mets. Um, and they actually got him back in 1983 for one year. He was he wasn't. He was good, not great. That team was pretty lousy. It was yeah. Dallas Strawberry's rookie year. It was right before Gooden joined the team. Right before they in 1984, they won 90 games. They went on a big stretch. But in '83, they uh, they were still pretty bad. So it was right before. Right before. Yeah. And he pitched that whole year with them. And free agency and stuff worked differently back then. If you you could basically kind of like expose a player, and someone could kind of swoop him up and get him. But if they got him, they had to like pay his contract. It's oh. almost like a waiver process, but it was, yeah. it was a little bit different. Um, the White Sox swooped him up and. The Mets were completely blindsided, and Seaver was pissed. So, but why would they offer him up in the first place? Because they didn't think anyone would take him. Oh, they're like they. <laughs> Did you have to like offer up a certain amount of players or something? Yeah, like you an expansion. Only so many. So oh, wanna, okay, I see. It wasn't like an expansion draft, but same kind of mentality. So they just figured he's old enough and his contract's too big. And he's no a one Mets will take him. Legend. Yeah. I think there was some of that. Like, oh, no one will take him. The White Sox. It was Tony Russo. You know, was the manager back then, and they were trying to do what they could to win. Um, sure. They're like, no, we'll, we'll grab him. Oh. They were just coming off a playoff appearance, and they wanted to repeat. Um, so that's where Tom Seaver won his 300th game was with the White Sox. Oh, wow. And then, like I said, they traded him to the Red Sox for Steve Lyons in 1986. And then so uh, obviously he hurts his knee, he doesn't pitch. So then he's kind of like sitting at home. 
And the 86 Mets won the World Series famously, yeah. but the 87 Mets were cursed. Uh, Dwight Gooden had to go to rehab, missed the first two months of the season. Yeah. Um, I think it was the year Bobby Ojeda almost clipped his finger off trimming hedges. Uh, they had like injury after injury. And they at one point had four starters out of their rotation. Four Ooh. of the five were hurt. Um, and it was a real disaster. They didn't really know what to do. They were really running out of arms. And they called Tom Seaver. It's like, can you come help us? So Seaver started throwing in his backyard in Connecticut. I think Bill Simmons from the ringer was one of the guys who was catching. Really? Like he got neighborhood kids to catch for him. <laughs> He's like, I want to see if I can do this. He's like, oh, I feel, I feel okay. I feel okay. But I don't really know until I start doing some stuff. So, uh, he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll sign a half million dollar contract and I'll come play in some Mets. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to stop. We'll put the basically kind of sign it in pencil. We're going to put it in place in case I don't want to come back or in case you think I don't have anything left. So yeah. we won't actually, I won't, but if we check both boxes, half we'll come, back. Dollars yeah. come back for one year. Cool. Mets are excited. Mets are trying to win that year. Um, and they are still, in the, despite all those injuries, they are still kind of hanging around. So uh, Seaver goes and pitches a couple of simulated games. Pitches one in New York and pitches another one. And he has to travel with the team in Montreal. Pitch another simulated game. Mm. Just, and then the third one, I guess, was not so good. And what a simulated game is basically you're pitching against kind of like bench guys. Yep. And sometimes they're swinging, sometimes they're not. Uh, but they're kind of looking for control for feel. Um, I think at these games they were swinging. Yeah. Like the batters were actually hitting. Yeah. yeah. And um, he just. He didn't there, have it. There was just no like oomph behind the pitches. The yeah. fastball wasn't there. Other things weren't there. And the uh, Mets asked Seaver to pitch in Tidewater, which is the AAA. And Seaver was no adamant. He would not pitch a minor league rehab game. Oh, really? They're like, can you just do like a rehab spot? And he just would not do it. He's like, I don't want to put on a minor league uniform. Uh, so uh, Seaver's like, you know what? Throw away that contract. Um, I'm doing it. And this, was, this was at this time in June. Wow. Yeah. Um, June 22nd, same day. Fred Astaire dies at 88. Uh, yep. Um, Super talented motherfucker. Yeah, he's in my movie Hall of Fame. Yeah, after Hall of Fame, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I know that some people, uh, like Ned Snark, does not like that. Um, but <laughs> I, I think he only was nominated for one Oscar, so I understand that kind of... But at his time, and I think he's still like the greatest dancer in oh, film. He's, yeah. You know, maybe Hammer Gene Kelly, who's also in my Hall of Fame, but those yeah. two are the, the two tops. And uh, just had a great long career. I mean, he's around for... He even acted... He got nominated for an Oscar in Towering Inferno in the 70s. Wow. He acted in movies in the 80s. He was still very active. He was skateboarding in the late 70s. <laughs> um, is- like, he was just a really active guy. Um, Two stories about him that I think were really interesting. 1955, 56, his wife died. So he was still pretty young. Yeah. You know, 50 year 50s. He was doing a movie. He was heartbroken. He loved his wife. Uh, you know, as anyone, but he was really, really devastating. He says, I'll tell you what, can I just leave the movie and have someone else do it? And the studio's like, we can't. We already shot two thirds of the movie. Like we'd have, it would cost too much. Yeah. You know, we can't do that. He's like, I'll tell you what, I will pay. Like, I, I want to buy the movie out. Like, oh, wow. I don't care what it costs. I will write it. And they persuaded him to stay because he had handpicked this girl to be his co-star. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to ruin her. Like, this right. is a big chance. I mean, she never, she had an okay career, but like, like they kind of, and he did, he, to his credit, he, oh. he went through the movie, but he was in a really rough spot. And the other Poor thing interesting about him, the reason you've ever seen a Fred Astaire movie is, I don't know how much this would hold up in court, but he did in part of his will is that anyone who's kind of owns his executor of his will or, exec, or his yeah, benefactors, yep. right, his estate, uh, they cannot make a movie about him. He cannot be, uh, a movie about his life cannot be made. Really? Yeah. He's like, if they ever do it, they won't get it right. And I don't want to, I don't want to have my name in that, but he's like, I'm really adamant about that. I never want to see a Fred Astaire movie. Oh shit. Adam Yock, uh, MC from Beastie Boys yep. has a thing where like his, his like image or uh, cannot be used in like commercials or, and they really don't want the Beastie Boys music to be used in commercials. He doesn't like the idea of like selling things. There have been a few from what I recall, but there's uh, a couple like yeah. they use sabotage, they like use Star sabotage Trek, in the... and they use it in a political commercial for Joe Biden this year. The, the, oh, Jesus Christ. 
But I imagine Adam would. Oh, have. he's probably fine he with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also use that intergalactic song. What's the? Yes. Yep. They use that in something. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty rare. But they. It's but, rare. But but his likeness cannot be used, and even mm. then, like that, I think he has to get special agreement with the widow, and there's a whole thing. But yeah, it's a. He was very anti. Uh, I can understand anti, that. Just kind of being used. Uh, yeah. Be, when you're dead, because remember too, like remember, like this isn't crazy anymore. Remember, like about twenty years ago, dude, like you'd have like dead people or fifteen years ago, dead people in commercials. Well, yeah, that no, it happened even more recently than that. They've been doing. Did, who was some they just did this with somebody like you see once i saw like humphrey bogart in an ad once oh, like, yeah. it's just weird yeah yeah, like, there's yeah, no yeah way this person likes the product they weren't even alive when it was like it just it doesn't make any sense to no. me it's a weird it's a weird trend um or even uh nat king cole with natalie cole, cole even that in the, well, in the unforgettable a, i know yeah, it's but okay. still it's a little weird it's selling something i think but it's like her career is over so up oh, gotta get the gonna bring my dad in yeah i don't it's mind like, i guess i don't mind that because the family element I, yes. I don't like when i see them selling it. yeah uh so two days later yep jackie greason dies at 71 <laughs> uh jackie greason of course famous for the honeymooners which if you're yep. younger i recommend checking out so there's a lot of different versions of honeymooners the one i like i think it's the original like it's 42 it's 36 episodes that were in the mid 50s with him and art carney yep. and, and the our Car- did a lot of this stuff afterwards but th- those original i think it's original like 36 or 40 whatever those are the best those are so good uh they were on they were on new york tv more than i think new hampshire tv i just saw nick at night they would yeah show. like they were on new york tv all the time like they? they would have i think it's a christmas eve or christmas day marathon like all they play oh interesting. it was just a really like part of new york like there's a statue of jackie gleason in front of port authority like the show takes place in new york um he eventually would move to miami uh because he got tired of uh of the bad weather and stuff but he uh but like all the 50s is in new york he two things about him uh or one thing about him that's really interesting is uh he signed a 20-year deal with cbs at wow. the height of honeymooners that would pay him a hundred grand a year but that no matter what so even if nothing hit the air they, they would give him he was grand. Saying, but he couldn't do anything with anybody else right so he yeah. he's exclusive that network yeah yeah right so almost like a placeholder and the second it was over he did sign a deal with nbc immediately uh, but yeah so for 20 years they kind of owned wow. him but he could basically not he didn't he was not he didn't have to commit to anything oh he could say no it's he just whether just sit on his ass for 20 years jesus and collect a hundred grand a year to keep him away from the other networks yeah yeah I don't know that I would do that. I think I'd bet on myself. He, did, he, he had a hard time after honeymoon. He became Ralph Cramden. Like he became mm-hmm. that character and mm-hmm. he had a hard time adjusting. Um, he, he was in a movie that Gene Kelly directed. We put like a, a, a homeless, a, a mute homeless person. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't work. I guess got terrible reviews yeah. and like he tried, but he kept getting lasso back to do honeymoon or stuff. He tried to host some game shows. It just, it just, so what happened with the honeymooners after that? They had, they had, they, they brought him back and did yeah, a couple so more seasons. Of, yeah, kind of. Because yeah. of this contract, they kept like finding ways to you just get kind of do it again. And they they would replace the wives a couple of times. Always him and our Carney. Yeah. Uh, they, and uh, like so, he had like for like three years, he had like a basically like every like a monthly variety show. And part of that variety show was a honeymooner segment. Right. And then CBS only wanted the honeymooners part. But then Al Jackie's like, well, we have to shoot it in Miami. Like you know, Jackie Cruz did not want to leave Miami after a while. It was like a lot of back and forth. And then he got that resurgence with Smoking the Bandit movies. Uh, um, which Burt Reynolds had to like twist the arm of the studio to have Greason in it. And he did those and he finished his career with nothing in common with Tom Hanks. That's right. Um, and I guess he, that was where he found out he had terminal cancer uh, and then a year and a half later he was dead. Nothing in common. That's him and his dad or there. That's the place. Yeah, father father son? Son thing. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, it's a really interesting movie. I'd love to cover it's it. Long time it ago it's a really, it. he plays like an Archie bunker type, like a grumpy. He's not like as racist, I guess. I don't worry. Maybe he's, I, I'm not, I'm sure he is very racist, especially watching it in 2020. But it didn't feel as he just felt like really like cranky, just cranky. And like they would go at each other, and like Hanks, um, 
It's like Hank's like first like serious role. Like that like punchline where his first like really serious yeah. role. Um, it was on HBO a lot. Yeah. Um, I know I've seen it. I haven't it seen forever, it in a long time. Forever ago. Be an interesting rewatch because I love to see Gleason at the end and I love to see uh, Hank's Go like, serious. try drama for one, like for the first time. Right. Like if we ever come across a movie, I'd want to cover it for this our show. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, last one, kind of end of an era theme here. Uh, Lewis Powell announces he will step down from the Supreme Court. This is on June 26th. So all this stuff happened within four days of each other. Yeah. Uh, he was 79 when he stepped down. He would be 90. Uh, he was a justice from 71 to 87. He was succeeded by uh anthony kennedy yep. who of course just retired himself and was replaced by kavanaugh so there's yep. a link there uh but when powell stepped down this led to the bork that bork hearing where bork was not confirmed by the senate huh um that was the guy reagan wanted and uh the, the democrats uh kind of put a block on it and a lot of people feel that's what kind of preceded merrick garland getting blocked by the republican like, yeah, 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 and yeah. started now it's just so there's so That's much all do animosity is, now, yeah. but the Bork was kind of the first kind of hit of that. And I guess the second guy, I forget his name off the top of my head, but like he, um, he got caught like smoking pot or something or no, I'm sorry. He admitted smoking pot in college. And because of that, he wasn't able to, Oh my God. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> so then it, it went down to, uh, to Kennedy who got the yeah, job. Yeah, of course yeah. he was, um, but yeah, but the Bruce Powell guy is interesting. He was a conservative. I mean, he was appointed by Nixon, but he was one of the major guys, uh, who was pro abortion when Roe versus Wade came up. Cause I guess he had a, he knew of somebody or a secretary or somebody uh, had died during an abortion. Mm. So he was really like adamant that even though he's a conservative guy, he was, that was a, she was very strong about. So, uh, yeah. Cause if you, I mean, if you make it illegal, women are still going to get abortion. It's going to be a black market scenario and it's not going to be safe. Right, yeah. And, and that's, what, yeah. that's what happened here. So, right. uh, yeah. So the abortion, you know, killed this poor woman. Uh. So, uh, so he was just like adamant that it should be legal. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like all these things kind of happen the same week. Yeah. Um, um, it's also the end of our show it is for we'll, today we'll be back on saturday we will be um, uh we're covering uh predator yes of course we did uh we did the predator we did uh for the patreon show the the, the most modern take on the it was the pre- yeah it was because the predator, there's right? predators there's the predator there's a bunch right now yeah. that is the predator Terrible. not as good no it's no. not, not well good. no I mean, we did not okay. we did not that was thumbs, thumbs down. down yeah uh but the, uh predator with uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. The more famous one, the iconic one. That's what we are covering. Uh, That'll be fun because another one I've seen, I saw a shit ton as a kid, but I haven't seen forever. I haven't seen a ton as an adult. So yeah, I'm a yeah. crazy cast. Crazy cast. Two governors in that movie. I mean, that's right. Um, as that's well right. as Carl Weather. It's, it's cast is stacked. So there's a lot to talk about, I think, with that one. Uh, so we'll be back on, uh, on Saturday. See you then.